to Real Estate After College, the podcast about real estate from that one gamer dude. This is your host, Manny, speaking. All right, well, now that you're listening to episode one, or at least the official episode one of Real Estate After College, uh, I assume you've listened to the intro, so you must know what this podcast is about and what we're going to be talking about in this limited series. So I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, probably the most important step of your of your you know buying a house process which is finding a house and preparing yourself for this uh gigantic purchase which will probably be the biggest purchase in your life all right so first off you need to examine a couple of things about your financial life right so the first off is are you going to be purchasing this house by yourself if you're going to be purchasing it with a partner or with a friend or multiple friends um you need a few you need to make sure of a few things the first one off is make sure you have your finances in order i'm not saying you're you got to have an 850 credit score i'm not saying you have to have like at least 20 percent of any sort of home in the bank right that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is you don't want to have a huge amount of credit debt Right. So I believe the rule of thumb is you can't or shouldn't have more than 30 percent of credit debt versus your total credit limit. So if my credit limit is a thousand dollars, I shouldn't owe more than three hundred dollars at any given time in credit. And if I do, then I should work on putting that down. I would argue that the most important part about credit or about your own um your own financial situation is the length of your credit, the history of your credit. So for example, I have been in credit debt for about 15 years, maybe. No, 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 maybe, maybe 12 years. And in that time, I've never missed a payment. My payments have always been up to date. I've paid off multiple things. I have maxed out a credit card at one point. And uh, that was actually only the one time and I haven't done it since. But the history of my credit is well over 10 years. And that establishes my trust for uh, getting a loan. Because when you think about it, a house, unless you, you know, you're made of money, you're going to buy this house all cash, then good for you. But for most people, that's not the case. And for me, it wasn't the case. So what you need to have is an established line of credit. And it could be a few years old. I would argue it needs to be at least two years old. Um, but you know yourself, you, you know better, just go for it. But my my advice is have an established line of credit and all of you should have that. So that goes for you and your wife or your significant other, you, are, you and the friends you're gonna rent out this house or uh, buy this house with. All of you need to have some sort of established credit and a credit score that should be relatively good, right? I'm not saying, 850 i'm not saying 800 or 700 just above six probably and we're going to talk a little bit more about credit scores and a little bit more about you know financial situations in our financing episode uh for the for for the most part what i wanted to uh get across in this episode is the prep time so before you go out looking for a house make sure you can afford it right i'm not saying you know i I can't go into a house that's worth 900k because i i just can't i can't Uh, justify buying that and I I do not have the means to pay it off. So please um, figure out your financial situation and make sure you guys can save or you have some money saved aside for this purchase, which actually is a perfect segue into my next subject of this episode budget so when it comes to buying a house you gotta have a budget right and i'm gonna use 100k as a um, just as an example and i'm gonna keep using it because it's super easy to work with in terms of math but let's say you're you're buying a home that's a hundred thousand dollars right and some of these homes still exist by the way but you're, they're gonna be in the middle of nowhere with a really bad reception and it's just terrible but anyways moving on when you think about buying this house you you need some money saved right and what are you gonna do are you gonna pay 20 percent down which you really don't have to 
do. That is um, that is a lot of good advice. That is actually very great advice to put down 20%, but you don't have to put down 20%. Sometimes you can do 3.5% or sometimes you can just put nothing down or 10%. It really depends on your own financial situation and uh, how you intend to pay this house. There's a lot of different things that we can get into and we're going to get into those in our, fin- in our financing episode. But let's have a budget, right? Because that budget is going to help you figure out what sort of homes you're going to be looking for, right? So for 100K, go on Zillow, go on Redfin, etc. And that's what you're going to be looking for, which is another great segue into finding a house, which is actually the the bulk of this episode, right? There are many different ways to find a house and I'm going to go ahead and go through all the different ways that I did, I did, my, my wife and I, that we looked for a home and uh, maybe some pros and cons for each one. What most people end up doing is um, using Zillow, right? Using Zillow or Trulia or Redfin. And these are very common websites that actually just show you homes around you or whatever, wherever you want. Give it a zip code and there you go. You're going to look into, you're going to see homes that are for sale in that area. And the pros of this is that you can just do it from home, right? You, you can sit there, get on your, you know, you're wearing your PJs, you chill on your couch or in your bed, you open up Zillow and you type in the zip code you're, you're interested in or a city you're interested in. And now you're looking at homes in that area. Uh, you can even give it a filter like 100K, right? Or 500 or whatever you're looking at. And from there, you can save those homes onto your account because you can log in with your Google account or create your own account. And then you can go ahead and look at those homes later with your friends or with your significant other and figure out if you want to place an offer on this home. Um, and probably one of the more convenient features of using websites like Zillow, Redfin, or Trulia is uh, they usually have a date for an open house, right? So an open house is where you go into a home and they allow you to walk around and peruse it, ask questions with the real estate agent that's selling that home. Sometimes the sellers are there, but that's usually not the case. And it's actually one of the best opportunities for you to even like see the future home you could possibly potentially be in. Uh, and on those websites, it tells you there, hey, re- there's going to be an open house this Thursday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. or from 10 p.m. to not 10 p.m. 10 a.m. to like 2 p.m. or something like that. And for that, I totally recommend taking advantage of that. If you can go onto a home around you and around you in those websites and there is an open house, go ahead and check it out. In some cases, uh, especially during the COVID area, during this pandemic we're in, um, you need to request a, um, a tour and sometimes they even do 3D tours. So it really depends on who's selling this home and whether the sellers are okay with in-home tours or they they want to do a 3D tour where they actually, in some cases, they take a video of the home and you can see everything or a real estate agent actually calls you over Zoom and then they'll just walk through the home with you and they'll answer any questions you have. I am um, I, I'm, I'm a purist, I guess. I really like to see a home in person before I even place an offer or even discuss an offer. So it really is up to you. But browsing uh, for a home for your future home on these websites is the most convenient thing that you can think of because it even tells you like the area around you, whether there's like a lot of crime or like, it basically it pulls in the crime statistics around the area. Uh, Trulia does that a lot, although I do not know how accurate it is, so don't quote me. It, it also gives you a rating system of the schools nearby, uh, potential solar energy. If you, if you want to have solar panels, it'll actually tell you like, hey, is this a good spot for solar energy or not? And they just make it like 
the best, right? Now, let's move on to the cons, right? So every single one of these things on the list, and I'm only on number one, is, you know, they're going to have cons, right? So, however, I will will say this. I'm a little bit biased on this one because this is my favorite way of looking for homes. I typically don't like talking to people. I don't like being put in situations where I'm on the spot. When I'm browsing for for a home on Zillow or Trulia or Redfin, I kind of just... I just go at it at my own leisure, right? And I can show it with people that I care about and people I want to buy this home with. And it's just, it's the best, right? I don't like talking to people, which is why this is a podcast and not a vlogging website or I'm not vlogging or anything like that. Uh, I usually just talk to a, a microphone that's in front of me and there's no one else in the room. So, but moving on, there are cons to this, right? And the biggest con is if you go onto a home, if you go, if you find a home that you really like and it's in a very hot market, meaning that homes are being listed and they're being sold almost as fast as they're being listed, which has been the case in 2020 and 2021 for some crazy reason, um, you might not even be able to see a house, right? It'll say open house this week, Tuesday, you know, come on down. When you get there, there is no more open house because guess what? Uh, a real estate agent or some other people put in an offer and they stopped They stopped accepting offers, which actually was the case for myself and my wife. We found a house we really liked. We went to go see it and we were turned away. And the reason we were turned away is because within one week, this home received about 25 offers and the sellers were like, oh my God, we need to go through this, block off any, any open houses. And you know, if in the case, um, they actually didn't accept any of those offers, they were going to open it up to um you know for sale again and it was gonna be on zillow and you can go see it again uh that never happened they actually sold it to one of the people that were there uh that had the 25 offers and it was pretty annoying um so that that's actually the biggest con here right like if you're not if you're just a normal person like you like you and me um getting a getting an appointment to go see a, a home or even trying to walk in it really depends on the market. If the market is super hot, you might not even get a chance to place an offer on this house, um, which you know is is probably the, the biggest con here, right? Because in some instances, if you're there in person, you can probably place. You can In some instances, if you're there in person, you can probably go in, you know, check it out. But if you make plans to go ahead and see it ahead of time without the backing of a real estate agent or something, or like a bank or something, and I'll get into those in a little bit, um, you may be turned away, right? And because, you know, a lot of people, (laughs) myself included, like to go see houses that they can't afford, right? And that's just the way the way of the land. So moving on to the second thing on how to find a home, right? Uh, Using a real estate agent. So I, I'm, I'm very biased on this one, but I did include it in this list because I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can be. So when you're using a real estate agent, usually this person is the middleman for you, right? So you find a house you like, they'll go ahead and arrange um, a time to go see it, right? They'll go ahead and talk to the seller or talk to their real estate agent to figure out like how much is it, offers, etc., escrow, all that good stuff. They are like, they're the wedding coordinator of buying your home right like you know there there are people you buy or you you contract to run your wedding and get everything for you that's them in this in in this scenario and you know in some instances if you have a really good real estate agent they'll find homes for you 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 basically tell them like okay i want a home three bedroom three bath and i want it to be you know like two levels maybe a pool whatever and they'll jot all this down and then they'll actually like say hey look at this home what do you think of this home what about this one right um and in some instances uh 
they they even have their own sort of marketplace of homes think like zillow and redfin and stuff like that they'll have it just for their own little group right their real estate group so um i, I cannot remember who my real estate agent worked for i think it was berkshire hathaway and they have like their own website of homes that are only listed there um, in some cases they are listed in other websites however there are some people who like have this fealty to berkshire hathaway that they'll list only there or they'll even list prior to being listed on the major websites and if you contract a real estate agent, then you have access to this before they actually hit the market and, or hit the more public market. And that's actually a very big plus, right? Because you'll be able to see a home that isn't listed yet, or that's going to be listed, but only listed right now for real estate agents, or you'll see homes that, you know, are only listed just for them and will never go to public. So it's, it's very cool. It's, I didn't know it existed until I talked to a real estate agent. Um, do I think you should get one? I would say in this day and age, which right now I'm recording this in January of 2022, it might help you if only just to make you seem more serious to the sellers. If I show up to a home wanting to tour it and I do not have either like a bank statement saying that I am approved for a loan or that I have a real estate agent, you know, doing all this, all this stuff for me. They're, they might turn me away because they're like, okay, this guy isn't serious. He is, he, he just wants to peruse, right? But if I have a real estate agent here saying, hey, I have this client, he's interested in the home, let's do this. They might be more inclined to say, okay, cool. I can give you a 30 minute time slot this day and time, come check it out, etc." And for that reason alone, it's worth it. Like I, I totally, I totally think so. Um, now to the cons. So there's so many cons I can give you here, mainly because I had a real estate agent and they weren't the best, especially when I talked to uh, friends and family who had real estate agents when they bought a home and they, they weren't the greatest. Uh, they really didn't provide us any insights in, um, you know, oh, did you like this home or what about this home? You know, they didn't really send us homes. Like, I think they sent us one home in the span of two months, um, which was kind of annoying. Um, they they kind of like didn't really take our needs into account when it came to finding a home anyway which was kind of annoying um they tried to like dissuade us saying oh you don't need that big of a lot right so for reference our lot is about 7500 square feet which is a pretty decent sized lot um especially in california uh southern california and you know like oh what about five you know what about lower than that and it's not something we wanted and it took a while to hammer that into them um another thing is they can be very pushy if you find a home you really like and you want to place an offer on it the minute the offer gets accepted if it does congratulations and we'll, we'll get to that in a later episode but the minute our offer was accepted they would they would not stop hounding us right for the, for every little thing and i'll get into that in that episode but my god it was nerve-wracking um just remembering the stress we were in is getting me stressed out so that's another con um another con i would say is when it comes time for a home inspection or any sort of home thing once you have an offer that's been accepted and you're doing the 30 days of escrow they may want to push their own people on you um which at the time i thought was a good thing uh i'm just gonna say this right now but i will say it again during our escrow episode um when you do a home inspection you do not want to use a seller's home inspector if they say hey we'll pay for the home inspector don't do that it's the seller you don't know if it's like their friend or you don't know if it's like you know someone who isn't really that qualified who, or who is going to be biased and tell you the house is amazing when it really isn't don't do that um and i was told that and that's fine that's not what we did however what we ended up doing was we took a home 
inspector that was recommended by our real estate agent thinking that they had our best interest at, at heart that wasn't the case now i'm not saying our house is terrible and we found so many things wrong with it but there are definitely a few things that should have been seen during the home inspection that weren't and i have words <laughs> so please keep listening to this amazing voice and you'll you'll hear all about our our cons in that episode uh so moving on to the third now the third option of going to find your home is going to track homes right so if you ever seen those big developments that are that they're building homes and they have like the model home set up so you have to drive up to the model homes and you can see the model homes and talk to the people working in the office those are track homes right and we did two of them and i'm going to talk about those two lennar and kb homes uh lennar is super interesting um they don't have a lot of flexibility when it comes to the home itself but their homes are very spectacular i i actually really enjoyed them um, so when you go to a Lennar track home or uh, development, I'm just going to say development from now on. When you go to a Lennar development, you pull up to their office, you walk into their office and they'll ask you like, hey, are you part of the preferred program, right? And this preferred program is a program where you have signed up everything beforehand, like you gave them a credit check, they know how much you make, they know that you're being serious, and in some cases you might even already have a loan approved, you just got to find the home. And they'll, they'll treat you like kings pretty much, they'll be like, oh my god, you guys are good, we want to sell you a home right this second. If you do not, if you're not part of the preferred, you may be turned away depending on what the market is, what the market is like, uh, because some of the homes sell really quickly. Um, or they might just say, okay, cool. Model homes are right there. Ask, tell us if you have any questions. And so anyways, you walk into a, a model home and they usually have like five or six different plans, right? So they'll have like maybe a, a plan that's two story, a plan that's one story. Uh, maybe this one's done in a more of a ranch style. Maybe this one's a Spanish style. And they all have different things about them, right? Different square footages, uh, different size garages, etc. And you walk into these model homes and I'm going to let you know this right now. These model homes have all the bells and whistles. They have everything that you can imagine that makes the home look amazing, right? Uh, think of like there's no carpet on the floors, right? Which is standard, you gotta upgrade that, right? Or there's, uh, the backyard isn't really finished completely. Well, guess what? It's gonna be dirt when you buy the house unless you have that option, right? And there's also little different things, right? Like different smart features. One of the Lennar homes we looked at actually had this integrated uh, Wi-Fi that basically controlled everything for you, which is really cool, but it's an additional fee to have that installed. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you go to the Lennar home, read the fine print because the model homes that you're looking at are definitely Definitely not the, the home you're going to buy unless you say, hey, I want all the bells and whistles. And then when it comes to buying a home in Lennar, uh, definitely like you say, hey, I want to buy a home. They'll basically give you this uh, the site map. It's called a site map. So those are the, that's the terminology you want to use. I want to see the site map. And the site map basically tells you, here's our development and our future development. Here's the phase that we're selling right now or the phase we're developing right now. And all the homes will be color coded and the color coding usually matches to one of the homes that you just saw. So um, I'm trying to remember names, but let's say there's like a home called Butterfly and Butterfly is purple. So on the site map, all the homes that are purple are the butterfly homes. And in some cases, you can even ask them to tell you, okay, I'm interested in site 147. 
and you notice 147 is sort of at the end of a cul-de-sac. So it looks like it might have a bigger yard. Um, you can actually ask them, like, how big is 147 going to be? And in some cases, they'll actually bring out the blueprint for you that they approve with the city. And it tells you the square footage of the home. It tells you the, how big the lot is in terms of square footage. Definitely, um, that's something to look at. That's something, like, if you're really, really serious, they will know you're being a little bit more serious when you ask them these sort of things. I totally, I totally recommend it because another thing to know in development homes, this goes for both Lennar and for KB homes, is that square footage in terms of the lot size isn't guaranteed. Like honestly, these lots are going to be small. They're going to be tiny. Like I, I went to a development home just to go look around once and the backyard was about the size of like maybe maybe like two Honda Civics right next to each other, like, like back to back almost. Like it was, it was ridiculous. The size of the yard is almost like you don't need a yard. So we're not going to give you a yard, but because, you know, people complain about wanting a yard, we're going to give you the bare minimum and call it a yard. And it's ridiculous. So the way to get a good yard with a Lennar or KB home or development home is to look at the site map, look at the number that you want and see if that's for sale or see how you can get it if it hasn't been got yet. Because those homes, a, a, a development home at the end of a cul-de-sac, for example, um, with a big yard, ooh, that is perfection. But the but you getting it, the chances of you getting it are very low. And that's why I'm telling you this right now. So before I get to the cons, I am going to talk about KB Homes as well, uh, mainly because uh, KB Homes is very similar to NAR with some key differences. All right, so KB Homes is pretty much the same as Lenar in terms of like you have these model homes, you go up to the office, go talk to them, and then they'll give you a sort of like pamphlet telling you about the prices and the sort of homes they have and sort of uh, layouts they have, and then you go see the model homes. Um, there is no, from what I can tell, there's no like preferred sort of program. However, if you want to be considered quote unquote preferred, um, you have to like get approved by their own lender. Um, so that's definitely something that to take a look at, I don't, I'm not saying it's a good or bad idea to get approved from their own lender, but if you wanted AKB home and you wanted it to get it quickly, you definitely should get, you know, approved from their lender, uh, just cause you look more competitive that way. Um, now the biggest differences between Lennar and from KB homes is that KB homes has a lot of options, a lot of options at, at a Lennar home. They'll say, okay, we can upgrade this wall or we can upgrade these tiles or this floor. Um, and that's pretty much it, right? Like they don't really have too much in terms of upgrades. Maybe you want a quartz countertop versus a regular counter, laminate countertop. Not that I'm saying they have laminate countertops, but that's an example. At KB Homes though, they have so many different options, right? You go to a KB Home and you're like, oh cool, they have a bedroom right next to the front door. You open the front door and off to your right there's a bedroom. Well, guess what? You can turn that into a den, right? You just tell them, I want this home, but I want that to be turned into a den and they'll do that. Or you say, hey, you see that sliding glass door that goes into the backyard? I want an accordion style door, right? So it's a big door, maybe about 15 feet long that folds in an accordion way um, to one end. You can do that, right? They're like, oh, hey, so it comes with carpet 100% and you're like, okay, well, I want wood or I want a wood laminate or a tile, they'll do that. Right? They have whole sections where they're like, I want an office. Well, guess what? You can get an office added 
because they'll do that. It's absolutely insane that KB Holmes has all of these options, right? Uh, they go one step further than Lennar in terms of like how you want this home, how you want this forever home to be, right? They have options to add another bedroom by closing off a loft or maybe making a loft by removing a bedroom. They have all of these crazy like structure updates that Lennar doesn't do for you. So for that reason, KB Homes is actually my favorite when it comes to development homes, but it's also, you know, it comes with a few drawbacks, right? And uh, I would say the biggest drawback with buying a home from KB Homes is um, the lot price, right? So at Lennar, you find this home, right? And let's say the home is $500,000, okay? And you, you want to put an offer on this home. Cool. It, it, sir, madam, it's 500K. You have the monies. I have the monies. Everything's good to go. We'll see you in six months when your home is finished. Boom. Done. Right? Cool. Um, for KB Homes, it's a little bit different. KB Homes, uh, well, first off, <laughs> one of the, I guess, cute things about KB Homes is that you're like, hey, I want to buy this home. And they're like, cool, it's 500K. Awesome. And then like, I also want to add a den, add an office, remove this bedroom, turn that into a loft and add maybe this balcony. And they'll do it and they're like, okay, cool, it's 550 now, but also um, we'll send you pictures as we're constructing. So literally when they break ground on your home, your future home, they'll, t they'll send you a picture. When uh, they put up the structure, they'll send you a picture. If at any point you wanna come and see your home, they'll they'll allow you to you just say i want to go see it and the person at the office will arrange it like and then at the very end they'll take a picture of your finished home and then you you get the keys they'll take a picture of you because it's a it's a big moment in your life you, you just bought this house so they're much more personal about it but here's the biggest con we went to a development out here uh by us and it was a really nice development super quiet neighborhood um and some of the homes actually had views and what we found is that okay cool this home is worth i'm just gonna use 500 as an example this home is worth 500k and like okay cool without any options without any additions cool that's awesome but also the lot price is 20,000 and like what do you mean the lot price well so in this development every lot regardless if it has a view or not has a lot price this lot price could be anywhere between 5,000 to 30,000 and even higher and the lot price really depends on the size, right? So they call it premium lots. If it's like a big lot with a big view or maybe like a big view, but a small lot, it's still considered premium. And if it's considered premium, you're paying like $25,000 on top of the $500,000 on top of any sort of additions or changes you wanna to make to your home. It's ridiculous. Like, honestly, we, we were pricing out homes that somehow were in budget that went like 10, 15% out of budget simply because of the stupid, and I will say it, stupid lot price. Lennar doesn't do it, but yet KB Homes, and from what I've read, almost every KB Homes does this, they have a lot price associated with the lot that you're going to buy that your home is going to be built on. What the hell? It's annoying. But this is something that not a, lot of, not a lot of people know about. I didn't know about this. My wife didn't know about this. Even my own family, my mother, who bought a KB home in the 90s, wasn't aware of this. Because guess what? It wasn't a thing in the 90s. But yet it's a thing now. So for people looking at KB homes, please take notice that there is a lot price associated with their lots. And again, their lots are very similar to Lennar where some of them are the tiniest little things and some of them are really huge. It, you have to get in there at the right time if you want those homes. Which brings me to the cons. The biggest cons that I have for going to a track home is uh, probably the two biggest ones are 
it's a track home in that most, if 90% of the houses have the tiniest yards. I, I have big dogs. I like a yard. I love, you know, a big yard. Big yards are definitely the way to go for me. And it's not the case for everyone, but for me it is. I like to hang out with family members outside in our yard, maybe light the fire pit, play a little bit of music, make some s'mores. You really can't do that with a tiny, tiny yard. And if you do, then it just feels super cramped and it may not feel as cozy as you'd like it to be. And that that's my biggest issue here. Like the, the yard, the lot size are gonna be small. And if that's fine with you, more power to you. Go out there and get yourself a home from them. But for me, it just wasn't the case. The second thing is, it's it's very clicky, right? It's almost like everyone's in their own little click when you go to a development home, right? Are you on the preferred list or, or are you already approved by our lender, right? If you're not already on the approved list or, the v, or a VIP list or being approved by their lender, they kind of treat you like, okay, cool, you're not being serious, get away from me, right? Even if you do have a real estate agent. In fact, my real estate agent didn't want to work with development homes because development homes can be very clicky. Uh, I think she, the terminology she uses is that they're very difficult. And uh, on top of that, that, that brings me to the third thing about this. Getting a Lenar home or a KB home, you're getting basically a manufactured home that is made to your specifications, that is brand new, and it is also kind of cookie cutter. A lot of families want this because it's brand new. There's nothing wrong with this home, right? Everything's going to be brand new and everything's going to be under an amazing warranty for at least the first year because it's brand new in a brand new development. And all that is very sought after. I've been to developments where half of the development was sold before they even put down one home. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. And in the pandemic years, in the screaming 20s, as I'm calling them, they are really hard to come by. Getting a development home is so hard because people keep moving out to the to the boonies, I guess, from the big cities because of the pandemic. And that has caused pricing to house prices to go up so much. And getting a new home is sought after by locals, by foreigners, people coming in from the city. It's ridiculous. And I totally, I totally want everyone listening to this podcast to be well aware of this. Getting a development home will be difficult, but it, it probably will be worth it at the end. So just, just so you're aware. Um, I don't know if I have any more cons. I thought I did just now. Oh, um, my last con for this. It takes time. If you're gonna move out of your place or if your lease is coming up, you know, getting a development home sounds like a great idea, but they won't be ready for like six months to a year. Like it really depends. Um, we almost signed a house for a development home. We had this opportunity to do it. Um, it was gonna be smaller than our current home. Uh, however, uh, it wasn't gonna be ready for about seven months. And that, that's assuming there weren't any sort of uh, supply chain issues when it came to like the wood and the materials they needed. So that's another thing to, to, to take into account. If you gotta move out by the end of the month or gotta move out by the end of the year and it's not gonna be ready, it's not gonna be ready. So just, just so you're aware. Finally, the last option I have for people going to find a house um, is to drive around. I'm not joking. Literally get in your car, you and your friends or you and your significant other or just you, get in your car and go look for houses, right? Um, I believe earlier in this episode, I, I talked about a house that my wife and I really, really wanted, but we couldn't even go to see because they already had like 25 offers. Well, we went in that neighborhood. We decided to drive around that neighborhood and we found four other houses for sale. Um, right now in 2022, it, it is a seller's market. People are selling like crazy because these houses are selling like crazy. So if you find a house that you really like and you couldn't get it, 
go take your car go 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 in the car go drive around that neighborhood because guess what more often than not you're gonna see other houses that are for sale that might be similar and jot those down maybe even get a pamphlet if they have pamphlets outside and then see if you can contact the real estate agent and say hey i want to tour the home you can do that that's 100 legal to do you're not going to get in trouble for it go ahead and do it and what we ended up doing is we drove around homes as well and uh, any ones that we found interesting that were for sale we just told our real estate agent like hey there's this house here's the address see what you can do and they'll come back to me saying i got you a a tour tomorrow 30 minutes let's go you know um now obviously the cons here is that you don't know the, if the homes you're looking at have already been sold you don't know if the homes are pending a sale or already in escrow or maybe the sellers changed their mind the sign's still out there for some reason you don't know that and that's a risk that's a risk you're gonna have to take you're using your own gas and your own time and and basically money to drive around a neighborhood that you may or may not live in in the future so that's kind of a risk and also the the risk of uh of your own safety uh you don't know if the neighborhood's good right you don't know if you're you're going into gang territory or something um and that's something to take into account of right so i i recommend only use option four if you're going to be looking for a home that's in an area you've been looking at in a while because in some cases zillow Trulia, Redfin, etc. They don't have those homes that are for sale listed on their website because they go with some provide some real estate agents listing website instead. And remember that that is yet another pro to have a real estate agent. But definitely, it is something worth looking into. So uh, one thing I will say though, do not knock on these people's houses. If it says for sale outside, don't go knock on the owner's house. Like you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know if they want to be bothered. They already contracted someone to sell the home for them. Unless it says for sale by owner, then by all means go talk to them. But don't be bothering people when they're just living their lives. Just, just saying. Um, yeah okay cool so we covered uh prep for buying a home which is mainly just figure out your budget figure out if you can afford it because that's the biggest thing the last thing you want to do is go into a home and think that you can afford it and then at the end of the day you can't because that that's that's gonna be heartbreaking and also how to find a house right so you can try different websites like zillow trulia and Riffin. you can use a real estate agent you can go to a track home and finally you can just drive around hell you can even just talk to people you can even talk to your family maybe someone you know is selling a house and you don't even know it yet right now so that's definitely something to, to keep in mind all right well i believe that about sums up everything i wanted to chat about in this episode i really hope that everyone enjoyed what i had to say and if you didn't please drop me a line i am very open to criticisms um i you can contact me at gac underscore podcast in twitter or at gaming after college at gmail.com and for those of you who do not know gaming after college is the original after college podcast it is a gaming podcast that i run with episodes every other week similar to this podcast i will be doing episodes every other week and i do respond to criticisms so please shoot me an email i'm it'll go straight to my personal inbox uh i really appreciate any help that you can give i'm really just doing this out of the kindness of my own heart i'm not really getting money for this um despite any ads you may hear i am not that popular really in fact i barely even i, I barely even like the sound of my own voice but if you did enjoy this or if you have criticisms sh- feel free to drop me a line well anyways it's time for me to get going this has been real estate at, after college and this has been your host manny Oh,